Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Millennial Mirrors, a discussion on millennial life in the Middle East. So this week's episode is titled Sex and Relationship Education. It's a touchy subject, so disclaimer here, if you're offended by this topic or if you just don't want to listen to any kind of conversation about this topic, please feel free to uh, stop the episode now. Uh, my guest for this episode is Rosanna Albenawi. And we talk about things like building trust with your children in order to be able to have open and honest conversations with them when it comes to these topics, as well as how, as an adult, you can go on a journey of self-discovery and educate yourself about these subjects as well. I hope you enjoy this episode. It was an interesting one to record, and I'm so thankful to Rosanna for actually coming on and being willing to you know, go on the record uh, and to discuss these topics. So listen in, and I hope you enjoy it. This episode is sponsored by Carriage, a great app for ordering what you need in a super convenient way, with no minimum orders. You could literally just order a cup of coffee. <laughs> Hi, Rosanna. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Shadi. Thanks for having me. It's interesting. I'm recording now in Jeddah, so this is a very different experience for me. Yeah, I'm also having a new experience in Jeddah. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could give you a new experience in your own hometown. Um, <laughs> so can you tell the listeners uh, a bit about yourself just before we jump into the topic? So I'm Razan al Um I've been in the coaching arena for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my background is in human relations and educational psychology. Um, recently, I've been facilitating Brene Brown's work, uh, which is like a combination of rising strong, daring greatly, dare to lead with different groups and That's super cool. I love her work. Yeah. Me too. And I, like, I believe in it. You know, it, it really affected uh, the way I, you know, I show up and the way I process like all these uh, emotions and things. Mm-hmm. So I really like, yeah, I really think it's, it's great. The skills that she, uh, she focuses on. Okay, and so this episode is kind of about sex education and the what falls under that. So can you kind of just introduce your experiences when it comes to that topic? Okay, so like just that question alone is like <laughs> like, like seven popping things are happening. Well, let's start right with now. your thesis. How about that? And then we can... Okay, yeah. yeah. That's a great uh, way to start. So I'll give a bit of context. So um, after I did my uh, bachelor's, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to pursue my postgraduate studies. Yes. So I applied and most universities wanted experience, you know, like teaching experience or something. So I um, taught psychology in an all-girls high school in Jeddah. Mm-hmm. And the... Um, after the first elective teaching intro to psychology, I felt like the girls were coming to me in the breaks, asking questions. There was a lot of curiosity about their own, you know, changes that were happening, you know, age, ages 14 to 17. Right. And sometimes I would listen to them like, you know, about guys, about like very subtle. So they would come to me and I was like, OK, let me discuss with the principal if we can do like curriculum that can satisfy the, the you know the um, the curiosity part but also have like science behind it backed up by professional and like resources and things like that so i right. called it premarital education mm-hmm. and it was great i had them do really interesting things like interview their parents interview like couples they looked up to oh wow and yeah so i when i went uh, to do my human relations degree i picked that experience and wanted to unravel how do we learn about SRE? And when I say SRE, it's it's the education uh, way of saying uh, sex and relationship 
you know, uh, content or topics um, globally. And yeah, that's how it started. So, and then when I did the, you know, after that leadership development also, they were like, so it kept on coming in different areas. Right. It's a very broad, yeah. It's a very broad kind of topic, which I think people don't realize all the things that fall under sex and relation education. Exactly. So I guess in terms of the status of SRE in the region at the moment, what, how do you feel the status of, uh, of it is? So it's, there's a lot of changes happening right now, and it's really mm -hmm. ex an exciting time. I know there are um, resources right now available in Arabic, uh, you know, based on science, based on research. So it's great to have these because they were needed and they were like part of the recommendations that I had in my thesis uh, nine years ago. Right. So a lot has changed, and that's great because parents now or people have the choice to go and, you know, speak to someone or ask or get info that can actually support their learning. Right. And it's a matter of fact, I think for, it goes back to people to get the knowledge right. and to kind yeah. of like... You have to educate yourself. And, and kind of like break that, the fear that, oh my God, like what if I learn about this? What, what's going to change? How am I going to relate to my kids? How am I going to talk to them about it if I open this can of worms? So it's, it's kind of like that. Do you feel like fear is a big part of why people don't educate themselves about sex and relations? Yes. Uh, fear of the unknown, fear mm. of like uncertainty, uh, risk again. And it's, it's uncomfortable. There's yeah. discomfort. I think that's the main... The discomfort. Like, of yeah, it. the discomfort. Right. And really like kind of like being in that awkwardness of like, oh, like it's not how... You know, we're used to talking about this topic, you know, uh, like any other taboo or uh, stigmatized kind of topics. Now right. there is a, sh a change, like even people are talking about openly about mental health. Right. They're talking about, um, you know, divinity, uh, addiction, like we're more um, accepting right. to these topics. Um, but like, again, there's a, a huge gray area. Of course. That comes with SRE. And it's it depends on readis readiness levels. It depends on the school and what is being taught at the school. So and the experiences of children, like growing up as a young girl in, in the states. I remember I was six and I came back to my parents and I remember that I had so much already that they had to do something with all this knowledge. Of course, right. So, yeah. and I came back to Saudi. I was nine years old and I was already so like. I can give like a crash course to my peers <laughs> in, okay. grade, in grade three. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. Right. Because when you have like a student in the class or uh, kids and some are advanced in their knowledge and others, it kind of puts the other parents under pressure. Of course. To kind of like... So I guess what's your recommendation for that kind of situation as a parent if you get approached by your child who has questions because something happened in school? It means like they're definitely ready mm -hmm. and they've reached that readiness level and you really need to like start doing the work and breaking the ice. So kind of like getting curious about what they know. Mm -hmm. And if they, l usually it starts with a story and a definition. So they would come up and they'd say, oh, I heard that this and this and this and 
and the parent would say, oh, yeah, well, this part is right, but let me, let's talk about this part. This isn't right. so correct. Because usually, like, 99% of the times, half of it is made up and right, yeah. <laughs> completely yeah. wrong information. So the parents start to, first of all, very important to build trust. Mm-hmm. That it's a safe space and we can talk about whatever we need. And, you know, I'm not going to shame you or embarrass you or uh, make it more awkward than it is. Yeah. And and then they go into, like, what that kid knows and what the questions are. So I wouldn't follow a set curriculum. Yeah. I would basically uh, process-based learning, depending on what's emerging. And I think you said something very interesting, which is, please understand it's just as awkward for your child as it is for you. But at the end of the day, the onus is on you to manage that awkwardness because your child hasn't developed those skills necessarily. Absolutely. And I was working as a school counselor after I returned with my master's um, in an elementary school. So I was managing grades one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And I was so like... So children... In this age, they're curious. They might act on certain urges. So they might show behaviors to other kids that are not appropriate. And then it's the role of the educators, teachers, parents to kind of like put start teaching boundaries and parameters. Right. But the problem is when other mothers start to bully and kind of tell their kids that don't speak to that girl or that boy because of what they did mm-hmm. or start that sends a message indirectly to the child that you know there's negative connotations yeah, to this act yes. and that's where the problem is because the children don't need to be directly told that this is because you're building in shame and you're building in all these exactly. kinds of things which are going to rear their head at a later stage when they're exactly when they're growing up and it's yeah. really like normal because like uh, i don't know if we want to go into like the, the psychosexual uh, stages but like with like sex ed really starts from the very early stages like when a baby is being you know changed their diaper mm-hmm. you know and other kids are there and you're like okay and you start like we start noticing like what boundaries do i want to put in place mm-hmm. and then toddlers at age two start to self-discover and self-explore and then that's when they start um, learning to talk so once they're ready to speak we kind of like say okay so this is you know these are the boundaries and you Mm -hmm. can explore but like where and how and with whom and with not so some parents think that no i'm gonna delay it till uh, you know when they're nine or eight and it's already so late Mm. especially now with social media of course and the internet yeah so what are you said there are some resources there are more resources available now in Arabic. What are some of those resources that are available to parents who are looking for things? So I know that there's a workshop online uh, by Hiba Hariri. Mm-hmm. She's she has a PhD in counseling psychology and child uh, developmental psychology and I've heard amazing feedback from parents. Okay. And even the impact of this learning experience is not just on them with their children but even on their like on themselves as as adults right because you know back in the day many of many didn't have the chance to really learn and have the right resources Mm -hmm. so it impacts both like that you know relationship with the kids and also how they start to understand their own selves their own sexuality their own bodies and yeah and relationships i guess where are most people getting their information now 
difference. So in my research, when I when I interviewed, it was a qualitative study. So and it matched even Lizzie. She's a sex educator in Belgium and and mm-hmm. also Hiba. Like uh, we all uh, found consensus that uh, friends and peers and the internet are the main, you know, the first places where someone goes to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ask a friend in school or they watch something on TV and they might Google after. Right. So they hear a term on one of the shows and then they're like, okay, that's interesting. I don't know that word. And they Google, right? Ah, okay. And then you know what happens with Google. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just down the rabbit hole basically. From exactly. There. So if the parents are not aware or there isn't already, you know, conversations happening around these awkward topics, then children will not go up to their parents. They'll just find other ways to continue getting their education, which is really problematic because, again, it's not just about one angle in this huge realm of, of info. It's it's about attitudes, emotions, readiness for the future and future relationships, assumptions about this, expectations. Right. So much goes into it. In my thesis, uh, we also had other uh, sources, like I remember Cosmopolitan magazines in the mm-hmm. summer, you know, people traveling. And and <laughs> even with that, like most of it is not scientifically, uh, you know, correct or um, watching these shows. I remember like, you know, growing up, uh, Sex and the City. Yeah. So many myths and misconceptions. Right. And so, again, like the media has a huge role and like now there is awareness all these uh, campaigns about you know authenticity and the real you know side of things mm-hmm. but it's still but if that's the expectation that's been built in your head of what sexual relations are then when you actually get there you're going to discover things are very very different absolutely yeah. and it's so rare to have parents like i was very 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 lucky uh, that my parents when i was in the states and i came back and i started sharing stories that they were uh, accommodating they answered all my questions they brought me like things that books that i can like look at together and it it continued since mm-hmm. that day that i would never feel you know holding back from going like i would just you know go and ask but in the research, it's very rare that children have that. Yeah. It's really rare. And I was thinking, like, even with those kids who have that open channels with their parents, there is a lot of misconception. So, mabalik, or, like, with the ones who don't, like, it's it might be yeah. triple, it's you know. even more scary, even more awkward. But I think that also can be even more dangerous because you then don't know what that child is going to get themselves into that they're not prepared for. Exactly. And they wouldn't, like, I remember um, my son, I was so happy. He came to me, actually both of my kids, and they told me when things were, um, they felt unsafe. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy that they came and told me because first of all, it breaks the shame. And second of all, they trust me to help them. Mm -hmm. And they have the awareness that what's happening is not my fault or, you know, you know, or I'm not... I'm learning. I'm I'm discovering. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. that's a really good sign when a, a child comes to their parents and kind of talks about an incident or and it can be very subtle. Like people might make up stories. Like it can be once my son told me like I didn't like um one of the people in the school was like kind of wanted to um touch his hair. Hmm. And that was for him a red flag. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want someone to even like don't even go there. Yeah. 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 Which is great. 
He's understanding where his boundaries are. Yeah, exactly. And it's important to know. So this starts, but it it doesn't happen just from one conversation. Yeah, it's a build up. And so, what are some of I guess the countries that are known worldwide for handling uh, SRE uh, in a, I guess, good way or an optimum way or a healthy way? I don't know what the right adjective for it is. I know that in the Netherlands and the Scandinavian countries, they do have um, a comprehensive uh, curriculum and they um, even encourage the parents to continue the process at home or to you know hold the space for the parents to get the information and the mm-hmm. resources that they need because that's included when the school helps the parents uh, continue the, the learning. I know that it does happen. Like in my thesis, when I uh, asked the women... They did learn about it in school from biology and from um, religion. But again, it really depended on the teachers and depended on um, the discussion that was happening and the courage of the teacher. Going back to that Mm. awkward, can I hold the, the space for the awkwardness and the discomfort? Right. And I remember like I had this amazing teacher in high school. She even went into... Because, you know, I remember we were starting to get proposals and, you know, some people were starting to get engaged. And mm. she started to, like, say, listen, these are the red flags. And if, you know, from the engagement days, if, you know, this is coming up, be careful, probe, ask, get curious. And I was like, wow, you know, and she gave the students the chance to critique and to go back to Quran. And, and, and like, all of the resources that we even have in our, in our religion, but yeah. for somehow we're not uh, looking into it or kind of, like, getting curious about what's there. Okay, interesting. All right, so we need to take a quick break, but we'll be back for more with Rosanna. And I actually want to discuss with you the topic of, as an adult who doesn't necessarily have children, how do you then educate yourself about uh, sex? All right, so we will be right back. This episode is sponsored by Carriage UAE, where you can get everything from food to groceries and even pet supplies. As someone who orders pretty much everything, I pay a lot in delivery charges every month. But now you can sign up for Carriage Black for 20 dirhams a month and get unlimited free deliveries, which saves me a bunch of money so I can order even more stuff. If you haven't tried it out yet, go to your app store and download the Carriage app. Check out the episode description of this podcast for more info. And we're back with Rosanna. So I had a question for you, which was we were talking before the break about kind of educating yourself as a parent uh, in order to help your child and and so on and so forth. But I think there's also a large portion of the population which is considered now like an adult. And they also, I think, need to educate themselves. So what are your thoughts on that? It's a broad uh, area because it starts with self-discovery. It starts with, again, knowing... um, you know who am I, and what are my what are my values, and um, being open to or accepting the fact that you know as as creatures, you know mm-hmm. we share this not just like as humans, but even with you know animal kingdom, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's part of our make. As mm-hmm. we have other parts in our make, the spirituality side, we have the physical side. So it's it is what it is, mm-hmm. and then um, it's about again going with the the phases or the evolu- the different stages that a person goes to. Right. I remember in England 
in the NHS, uh, their national health system, mm-hmm. which I love, by the way, it's one of the best worldwide, they have a nurse, um, her name is, uh, her title or her job title is a sexual health visitor. Mm-hmm. And her role is to just um, help, uh, you know, in education, confidence, um, of course, there it's a different culture, so there are more uh, parameters or different parameters in our culture. Right. But just the fact that this person exists and she even helps with cervical screening for you know cancer prevention, everything that has to do with health and right. education, and it's it's a different role than a gynecologist or a per- like a medical um, you know medically trained person because mm. it's a combo of a counselor, a therapist. With with a nursing ga- nursing background. Oh, okay, I see. So it's a great combination of of again. There is this relationship that uh, this person I can trust. I can ask. They won't judge me. Mm. And um, I wrote about this in in my thesis because I feel uh, here we do have um, you know doctors that a person can uh, book and you know. The, but again, what are the assumptions? Are doctors um, uh, you know educating uh, adults about uh, when do you start asking or seeking uh, help or finding resources? Mm-hmm. Because you know it 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 really has to do with their health, um, and it's not just about what we make up about it. Sometimes we make up when when we hear the word you know uh, sex education, or we immediately think of you know very a, a certain angle, mm-hmm. but it really encompasses much more. It you know. Um, for women, it has to do with you know uh, uh, menstruation, uh, pregnancy, uh, contraceptive, all of uh, diseases, illnesses, uh, abnormalities. For men, I don't know. It has, you know, other um, aspects. Exactly, <laughs> other aspects. Exactly, yeah. and only by knowing and and so breaking this taboo is very important for adults to to initiate the self management or self uh, educate self education. Right. So you really need to go and make it happen and ask the right people. Um, there are courses right now, like I'm thinking, uh, there are books. I remember there's an Emirati uh, author. Her name is Widad Luta. I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard about her. No. Um, she, I remember in my thesis, I, I mentioned her book because it was in Arabic and it was very comprehensive. And, you know, growing up, like I remember in, in Mead, in Saudi, we had like this uh, section for books by Dr. Ayman al-Husseini who wrote very funny titles like Shahar uh, Asal Bila Khajal and very kada, <laughs> 80s. Uh, Interesting. And then there was like, a, um, you know, um, a pause for like 20 years, a pause in where, you know, a, a young girl, you know, 14 year old gets, you know, her basic education. Um, now there's... Um, a few like Niswa, uh, it's an app, on, it's an um, Instagram account educating about fertility for women and menstruation. There's even like a menstruation coach right now where women can uh, kind of learn more. But it, things are changing, but again, it's it's it all depends on the person's um, drive to actually educate themselves. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Especially if they didn't have this uh, growing up with their parents or with people in their life, or a teacher or a parent that offered a little bit of that. Yeah, and I think what what I love about what you what you said is it's not just about the sex, it's sex and relations and how sex will affect your relationship with your partner and that's why you kind of need to educate yourself whether you're the the man or the the woman in the relationship. You need to kind of educate yourself so that you know 
how to show up in that dynamic and absolutely what your counterpart needs and what you need and how to manage that situation uh, because if i feel if if like you said you're all you're getting is references from movies or if you're going online and watching i don't know pornography for example and that's where you're getting your information from that's going to cause you a lot of problems in the long run um and i think as an adult even if you haven't educated yourself yet you then need to take the time to do so because like you said it's it's not just about the sex it encompasses emotions self-esteem how you think about your your body your your yourself your shame what's um, normal what's, what's not exactly. what's real what's you know unreal and um i was uh, when, when i wanted to say something about uh, um even in, in, in leadership development we also talk about like a power there's a, a triangle in the cti model uh, in the book um, the stake by henry kimsey house about um you know how it shows up in in uh, in group dynamics or in work settings mm. right so it's a great uh, tool to understand um relations uh you know, not just in a personal context, but also in in everyday work context or professional context where it, it comes up, these, you know, questions or these tensions or dynamics. And then we're like, okay, so how do I tackle this? I You know, it's like the elephant in the room. Right. So if we don't have the tools or at least the um, uh, openness to learn about it, it will really take away a lot from evolving and learning and 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 advancing with it's, it's it's like any other knowledge really yeah no i can see that and i guess what can be done to improve sre in the region in your opinion i mean this is a great uh exp- like just this uh podcast when you initially told me i was like oh my god you know when yeah. people just read the title what will they make up about the episode right so um, clearing assumptions to start with, like, you know, what as we just talked about, what do we make up about this um, whole, uh, co- you know, area or subject area? Mm-hmm. And then um, kind of, um, again, connecting it with the other um, fields of, of study or self-discovery or, you know, all these gray areas. Right. So I feel like they're, interdependent these topics mm-hmm. um but they're very important because they're happening we know they're happening um we know that um, people need help with these topics uh, and it's okay to ask for exactly what support you need at, at this phase I, I remember in um in dubai there's a center human relations um Human Relations Institute and clinics in Dubai. They started in the early 90s. They're a pioneer, really, in the region. Mm-hmm. And one of the courses that um, I remember was about, um, you know, marriages and how, like, um, you know, now there's, like, يعني مو سهل, you know, الواحد يتزوج? يتزوج ويكمل متزوج بالضبط, you know? Yeah, so okay. And the whole topic of, like, being comfortable again with talking about this with, uh, you know, with my partner, with mm. my husband or my, my wife. And and the more comfortable or the more couples talk about this amongst one another, the more they can find ways to recover together and to find solutions. Mm. Because, again, it's removing really the shame and it's removing the being alone and feeling like, oh, I'm the problem or he's the problem or blaming and pointing fingers to kind of like, okay, so... 
how can we you know support each other in this uh, okay so so what you're saying is in, if you are married and there is an issue there or there are needs that are not being met or whatever there needs to be an honest discussion about it absolutely. because otherwise how are you going to be able to move forward absolutely or and grow. yeah and yeah. It affects it affects communication as well mm. it, it affects a commitment it affects um again going back to self-confidence and so but again like even like i remember from even like some people don't even want to admit it to themselves yeah so sometimes denial becomes um more uh, hopeful or more um empathetic merciful yeah, as an option yeah. خلاص, uh, you know it is what it is so but there is always a way to um i know in jeddah there are two clinics that have um i think they're in transition to opening or to offering these services with a sexologist a sex therapist a gyno and yeah. maybe a nurse as well i'm not sure but like having a whole team that works together um to tackle like you know because it, it yeah it, it involves different aspects it's not very good uh, yeah it's not very black and white exactly but i guess how much of the responsibility do you believe lies with the person and the family and how much responsibility do you believe lies with i guess more official channels like governments and schools and things like that i think it's it's maybe like um it's like the chicken or the egg because mm. when the people are ready and when they're talking about it in, in schools or parents or t- you know going to the school counselor and like yeah and you know what are you doing about this and then mm. they will they will start telling you know i'm i'm assuming the ministry of education who will say ah there's a lot of demand or you know it's coming up in the meetings the school counselors talking about it so then you know it it might be informing policies yeah um but now i think education is not just in the academic setting people are you know learning online there are so many courses online content that is good that is offered by professionals in mm-hmm. the field so yeah i know like hiba's workshop word of mouth spilled and everyone's really talking about the impact of it and like mashallah she's like she has people from 23 arabic countries oh wow that's amazing i know and uh, so People will find a way to kind of like make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like when I go to an organization and people are asking questions like, so, you know, what's okay w- right now for, for women? Is it okay for them for them to, you know, um, do this or do that? And and kind of like speaking to, again to the elephant and they're like, we are changing, we're shifting in, in many things and we're more mixing, but it's good to always have that conversation happening where we kind of p- give people a say of just what you need yeah. wh- you know what's okay for you and and just giving that space is really good um cuz like th- yeah i think and that space needs to encompass everyone's comfort level because y- y- people need to understand that there are people who are going to be very very uncomfortable and there are people who are going to be very very comfortable and if you're constantly just trying to stay in your zone and force others into your zone, it's not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere. And if you're super comfortable with this topic and you're just trying to like, you know, tug someone behind you who's very uncomfortable, you're just gonna get way more resistance. So it's about having the, I think the patience to deal with people where they're at and meet them where they're at. Absolutely. And I love that there are um, 
uh, انظمه مكاف يعني للتحرش ناو انجلش بالضبط انه انه عشان against harassment right exactly yeah. against harassment exactly yeah. so this really gives uh, it's a great uh, it's important to have it because mm-hmm. then i feel safe that there is a law that's going to protect me صح. and i know what my rights are i know where my red lines are and what that other person's red lines are mm-hmm. so i think it's it's good to have um like as this with the leadership retreat the program it's it was good because it gives everyone the safety to know that okay everyone should abide by these rules so it's also an invitation for other organizations or institutions to kind of apply what they feel as you said is fit for that context for the people because if some people are so super comfortable and the others are not we need someone to come and say okay you know it's good that you're like that and you're like that but this Here's is what works for everyone exactly this yeah. is what we see is right Yeah. And that's why now we really need, you know, more coaches and more, you know, facilitators to kind of have these conversations um just just like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, amazing. Okay, so that's all my questions. Now we have just three questions I ask all my guests, which you've told me listen to some episodes, so I think you know that know <laughs> what's coming. <laughs> um what is the part of the culture you grew up in that you carry with you always? I think generosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, generosity uh, for me is two things. It's one is husn uh, al or uh, assuming the uh, that the other person is doing the best they can, or assuming that you know the other person is trustworthy, and also generosity and and being hospitable and giving and kind and you know whether it's food or gifts or opening your home for guests or all that. Yeah. But I think we. I like that uh, I like to assume that we uh, we hold the generous assumptions towards others um I don't know in my family we have that uh, you know growing up and I, and I like I like to own it yeah and no uh, yeah it just makes the world seem like a better place to come from that come, come from that perspective yeah no I love that and what is the quality you most value in the people you keep around you I'm going to say three. Sure. <laughs> they, they all start with C. Okay, cool. So connection, curiosity, and creativity. Mm-hmm. And like they also relate to authenticity, but it's really about like connecting to oneself, to others, to the world, to Mother Earth, to the community, and and being curious. And, and the creativity part is kind of like the co-creation part. where we're you know where it's an interdependent system mm-hmm. and we're all kid um where you're creating that relationship together between exactly and what goes in that yeah so people that are dynamic that have a zest for life for learning i'm so big on learning like i'm such a dafura such a nerd <laughs> so i love learning i i feel like it's it's yeah it's something that um in my relationships when it's there you know i have uh, yeah since childhood these people that we always love to share and you know send articles to each other and mm. oh my god did you you know hear what's happening here and oh my god this research is countering the other research and oh wow okay <laughs> very cool <laughs> sometimes too much but <laughs> all right and then the last question is what makes you happy uh, the simple things uh, of course my kids mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, reading to them, um, going in, you know, nature, uh, talking, having these really funny conversations, doing th- silly things, uh, you know, singing, dancing, istahbel uh, <laughs> sawa. Um, yeah, which I think I want. I need to do more of. <laughs> okay, amazing. So. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. It was really amazing. And thank you for being brave enough to come on and talk about this topic, which I know not everyone is comfortable talking about on the record. So I really appreciate that. Um, where you. can people find out more about you or any of the projects that you're working on? So my Instagram is uh, Rizana Albanawi. And um, I post, you know, most of my work there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think on my Instagram. Okay, so we'll put that in the episode description so everyone can come and find you and see all the amazing things you're working on. Thank you. Um, Especially the Brene Brown workshops because I'm super excited about those. I'm going to be checking them out myself. (laughs) Me too. All right, guys. So thank you to everyone for listening. As always, I love your comments and messages, so keep them coming. You can reach me on the Millennial Mirrors Instagram or my personal Instagram, both of which are in the episode description. So if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in future seasons or anything like that, let me know. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Rami, or wherever you're listening. Uh, join me next week for another episode of Millennial Mirrors. This has been a production of Finial Media, and this is Mshar Lanezi signing out. Bye, guys. Bye.